Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. Joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. And on today's show, Matt, we are finally talking about the college football season that is right around the corner. How are you feeling heading into technically tomorrow will be week zero, but we're also going to talk about week one. Let's go, man. I'm pumped. It's going to be... I mean, preseason has been fun. Preseason NFL, just to have live football on the TV with these prospects that we've studied and, and getting to see even just little snippets of these rookies that, that we've break, broken down and watched through college. But now it's like, I mean, preseason is one thing, but real football games is a whole other ballpark. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I am too. And we're going to do this in a couple of parts. So the first part of the show, we're going to talk about the traits that we are looking for at each position, the things that that we want to see when we're looking at prospects for, for our Debbie or Campus to Canton leagues. And then we'll get into the specific games and players that we're watching in week one. So we'll preview week one for you. But before we get into today's show, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie big board patrons have access to the dynasty plus Debbie big board and consensus crew rankings, the 2024 rookie big board, 2023 seasonal projections and full access to the RBB discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than one parking space for one game at my new tailgate lot this year. So yikes, it is expensive, but fun (laughs) times will be had, sir, as always. I have fun even when it's not real football preseason. It's still, that's why you tailgate, right? (laughs) You can now try the Rookie Big Board for free. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our Discord. Get trade help, roster advice, and chop it up with our community of over 250 fantasy football sickos. All right, let's start it off. Matt, what are the traits you are looking for? And we're going to begin with the quarterback position. What do you want? Yeah, so I wrote down draft capital. Uh, kidding, but not really. Um, so quarterback is the hardest position to evaluate. I'm going to be honest. I mean, even professional GMs that are paid millions of dollars to get this right, get it right at like a 50% clip or worse. And so it, it's very, very hard to predict quarterbacks. I will say on the mental aspect of it in particular – if you ever play Madden on like all Madden mode and I mean, it's, it's really intense these days. You have to like be able to read defenses and figure out based on how, how many safeties, how deep they are, whatever, you know, like it, you really have to like almost be a coach to succeed playing Madden these days. And that's never been my strong suit. Um, my strong, my bread and butter is running back and wide receiver, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and I can pick out some of the physical traits that you're looking for in a quarterback, like, you know, arm strength and accuracy and, and that type of thing. But in terms of like looking at a play and knowing what the defense is doing and where the quarterback should have thrown the ball and what his first read should have been and all that, it, honestly, most of it flies right over my head. So that's a really tough one to scout. I do think it's worth having a conversation about the phrase arm talent. 
because that phrase gets thrown a lot and it's kind of like, what does that even mean? Um, if you're not familiar with it, basically it just means like the ability to make every throw to get it with velocity down the field to where it needs to get. Um, some guys, I mean, it's almost interchangeable with arm strength, but I think arm talent also involves like putting some touch on the ball when you need to put some touch on the ball, throwing 100%. it crazy arm angle, yeah. crazy arm angles, like what you see with Patrick Mahomes, like all of that kind of factors into the phrase arm talent. And so uh, that's one major thing that you're looking for that NFL scouts are looking for is high level arm talent um, ball placements. Like if you need to lead them to the outside away from the defender, or you need to put, you know, all that kind of factors in CJ Stroud had elite ball placement skills and then just decision-making too. I would say, you know, when you look at a guy like Will Levis, that's one of the big knocks on him. It's like, man, he's just, turn it over way too much so uh decision making and the mental aspect of it is hard to fix i mean you can fix a guy's mechanics but if he's a consistently bad decision maker that's like you can't really work with that so those are a few things i'm looking for yeah i i like all of that i think when i think of arm talent you know it's it's what you said about you know putting the the right amount of touch or you know, strength into your throws based on what you're trying to accomplish. Like, what does that throw call for? You know, you get these guys with these cannons for arms, but they, they zip everything in there. And sometimes they, they throw a ball that isn't very catchable. You know, if, it, if it's a short pass, they don't have that right touch to get it, you know, maybe on a, on a quick little dump off to the running back, you know, they, they rifle it on them or they take too much off and it takes forever to get there. You know, the, mm -hmm. the fade to the corner of an end zone not only requires accuracy, but, but, you know, the right, the right touch so that you, you get it over the cornerback, but you give that wide receiver a chance to make the play and only the wide receiver to, to make the play, you know, the, the back shoulder throw as well. But then of course, you know, what kind of touch do they have on deep balls, you know, that those mid range ones are important. Mm -hmm. And then like, like you said, you know, are they, are they hitting players in stride? Are they throwing a catchable ball with the right kind of zip on it? I think those are the things that, that I look for. Mm -hmm. It is hard to assess because sometimes you'll watch, you'll watch games and you feel like a quarterback's doing all that and they're making all the throws and then, and they do it consistently. And then it comes around to NFL draft time and they fall so far in the draft and they never get a shot. And so you're wondering, well, what was it? They were fairly mobile. It seemed like they had the arm talent. And, you know, that's, I think, where you get into the decision-making, the intangibles, mm -hmm. the reading the defense, all those things that are a lot harder to, to, to see physically when you're watching film. And you got to be, you know, way above <laughs> our level of quarterback analysis to, to make that, that analysis accurately. And like you said, even the best in the business, get it wrong a lot. You mm -hmm. did mention draft capital. I'm going to end the quarterback conversation with that. I am starting to feel like I want to ignore the fifth round draft capital on Sam Howell because I'm hmm. seeing things from him that remind me of all of the best stuff he showed at North Carolina and, you know, making all the throws putting, you know, the right touch on the ball when necessary, zipping it in, zipping it in there accurately when he needs to, the good mobility, 
and, and still keeping his eyes downfield and throwing accurately on the run. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what, what happens with Howell. I love that they're, they're giving him this chance and not just going with, you know, a journeyman backup who has no real chance of, of anything, you know, successful, you know, the, the, the Geno Smiths of the world are pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my thought on, on Howell and quarterbacks. Yeah. One thing we didn't really touch on too much is mobility. That is a trait, obviously more and more and more in the modern day NFL uh, scouts are looking for mobility and there's levels to it, right? There's like Anthony Richardson where he's a straight up weapon with his legs. There's more of like CJ Stroud where he's mobile enough to escape pressure and, and throw outside the pocket, but he's not necessarily a primary rusher. And then you've got like your statues, uh, the guys that it's a real negative in their profile. And so that's a trait that you also want to pay attention to um, leadership in a quarterback. You mentioned intangibles. That's another one that it's kind of hard to quantify. And then one that's, that's pretty low key, but can be a big deal is having a quick release, a quick throw in motion where it doesn't take you a long time to get the ball out. Obviously the classic like bad throwing motion, I think of like Tim Tebow where he's <laughs> takes like an hour to load the thing up, but um, a quick throw in motion, I think is, is a big plus too. So lots to yeah. look for. And it's a really, really tough position. It's, it's hard for me to want to invest in Debbie quarterbacks. Uh, they, they're the payoff is so potentially good that they tend to go really high. And then the risk is also really high. And I'm just usually, I don't have that kind of risk tolerance when I'm taking like first round picks. So yep. Same, same. All right. Running back. You've got a lot of good ones here. What are your top three or four things of the running back? Vision and patience is a huge one. And this is where you have to really know a little bit about blocking schemes and uh, is it a gap run or is it a zone run? And and all 22 makes a big difference on this. When you have access to the end zone angle on all 22, you can really see the lanes and, and where a running back maybe should have hit it or should have bounced it or whatever the case may be. And so um, that's a big one because you can have all the physical traits in the world, but if you can't see how the play is being blocked and follow your blocks and be patient, find the hole and hit it. Uh, so what you're really looking for there is slow to the hole and fast through it. So you want the guy to, to, to really show good patience at the line, reading his blocks, figuring out what's going on, and then, boom, hit it. And so that's where like a lot of the acceleration, agility, explosiveness comes in. To be able to change direction uh, on a dime in a telephone booth in tight spaces, to be able to go from zero to 60 real fast and, and beat the linebacker to the spot, um, all of those things to me are even more important than deep speed. So it's nice. I think home run speed where you can take it 60 yards to the house or whatever is obviously a, a plus. Um, but to me, acceleration in a short area to be able to outrun guys in a short area is, is even more important for a running back. I agree 100%. Um, yeah. I, I want to see that, that burst through the hole when they see it or the burst to get around the edge when it's there mm-hmm. and then, you know, get, get at least, you know, five, six, seven, maybe 10, 12 yards. Obviously you want to be able to make a big play and you don't want to leave too many big plays on the field, but, but right. You, you gotta, you gotta have that, that burst and, mm-hmm. and the, and the contact balancing and you're going to get into here, but the contact balance to, to, you know, move off of a tackle or, or the elusiveness to make a guy miss. And again, accelerate as you're changing direction. 
Yeah, and I will say it's pretty rare for one guy to check all of these boxes, and that's why we love Bijan Robinson so much because he literally checks every box, every trait. A lot of guys have a style, so maybe they're like really bursty or really elusive, uh, or they're really powerful. It's it's pretty rare to have a guy that's bursty and elusive, but also super powerful. Um, but but playing with good pad level, being able to take that contact, shed it, keep going. Uh, is is obviously a really fun trait for a running back, um, and it helps when they have the size to do that and not get hurt every time. So, you know, that's the difference between a guy like Charbonnet versus a guy like A Chain. Um, and then the the pass the passing work third down is becoming such a big deal. Um, we talked it about talked about it on last week's episode how the pass catching running back with PPR leagues is, is extremely valuable for fantasy, but also from an NFL perspective that gets them infinitely more likely to get a second contract and just add so much value to the team where you can trust them to pass protect. Uh, you can put them out running slot wide receiver routes. You can move them all around the chessboard basically. And so coaches love that and it's gold mine for fantasy. So when I see a third down skill set, that is a huge, huge trait that I'm looking for in a running back as well. Yeah, I want to talk about the pass catching just a little bit because I think that really does require more of an analysis on, in my opinion, on the film than on the statistics. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see a running back catch a lot of passes. And if they're all kind of that simple little dump off and the transition time between catching the ball and then becoming a runner and making you know yards after the catch... Mm -hmm that determines to me just how good they are. Like some of these running backs, it there's a delay. It just takes a while for them to secure it. And then all of a sudden look downfield and, and make a decision on where they want to go. And that can be the difference between, you know, accelerating in an open space or making a guy miss and it, and it can, you know, prevent them from making bigger plays. Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, former Vikings running back, Adrian Peterson, he could physically catch the ball. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. says, oh, he's a horrible pass catcher. No, he's fine as a pass catcher. It just took him too long to transition to a, to a runner after he caught it. Whereas mm -hmm. you, you watch these elite guys out of the backfield, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a, is a perfect example he catches it's so natural to him that there's barely any change in in his in his direction his speed he mm -hmm. just goes and, and just he secures it like a wide receiver and just it, it's all natural um there, there's other examples of course yeah. you're, you're better you're better guys but that's what i look for i think that's why i've always one of the reasons i've been so high on jameer gibbs is mm -hmm. he's that guy you know alvin kamara he's that guy where he is going to just catch the ball and do things naturally with it better than most running backs in the league. And on top of it, a lot of these guys are becoming really good route runners. They're not just taking the little flare out mm -hmm. dump or the, you know, I'm going to go, you know, right past yeah. the line of scrimmage, turn around and catch the ball. It's like, no, they're, they're running, you know, seam routes. They're, they're making linebackers try to cover them downfield mm -hmm. and the linebackers have no chance of keeping up with them in, in most cases. So that's that's a huge part of it. And I know you've got pass protection on here. I think this is really simple, folks. If, if a guy is absolutely dreadful at at pass blocking, that's going to hurt him. He's not going to. He's going to be in the doghouse quick. Yep. It, 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 you just you can't have a guy in the game that that is that inept at it. I mean, you have to be, I think, pretty bad. But you know, some guys when they're really good at it, 
it makes a huge difference. So yeah, all, all that's mm -hmm. important, of course. And we gave a couple of good examples there. Yeah. Wide receiver. Real oh, quick, I would say there's levels to that. S similar to what I said with quarterback mobility. It's like running back pass catching. You've got levels from like bricks for hands, can't be used on third down at all, terrible in pass protection, uh, to the guy that's competent at catching the dump offs and the screens and the check downs, and then all the way up to the guy lines up out wide and runs wide, wide receiver routes. And so the spectrum all the way from Ronald Jones to, I don't know, I guess somebody <laughs> like David Montgomery might be somewhere in the middle. And then you're looking at guys like Gibbs and Christian McCaffrey on the high end. And so um, a, a lot of times college teams too, don't really use their players in that way. And so like Kenneth Walker was an example of somebody who caught like 13 passes his entire college career and has shown he's at least at that capable dump down level for the NFL. Um, and so it, it's, it can be hard because college teams and their coaches and the usage can really muddy the waters on what they can and can't do. But certainly when you see that elite skill set uh, as a pass catching back, know that that's really valuable for fantasy and, um, and pretty rare, honestly. There's not a lot of those guys that you see out running wide receiver routes and stuff. So that's a, a high value trait in a running back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, wide receivers, we've got, you know, four top things here, and I, I really like how you, you group these together. Why don't you talk about them? Yeah, so first, route running, okay? And and a lot of people might think, well, the, the wide receiver's number one job is to catch the ball, so maybe ball skills should be first. I would actually argue his number one job is to get open. And, and so guys that consistently create separation and, and get open – they earn targets at a high level, and if you earn targets at a high level, you're going to be really valuable for fantasy. And so, um, it, to me, the second level is ball skills. Like, obviously, you got to get open, and then you got to catch the ball. And so, looking at things like body control, can they, if it's thrown behind them or uh, off target a little bit, can they contort their body and make the catch? What's their catch radius? And so, that's where something like size can can play in and vertical jumping ability. Um, and physicality, I think, goes right hand in hand with ball skills. Like if it's a 50-50 ball at the catch point, you got to be able to sometimes just outmuscle the other guy. And and so their ability to go up and win uh, when they're not wide open is, is a lot of what I'm looking for in terms of ball skills. Yards after catch is obviously a really, really valuable trait for a wide receiver. If he can catch a screen, pa screen pass and take it to the house, make a guy miss, pick up extra yards. That's going to be valuable to his real team, and it's going to be valuable to your fantasy team. And then lastly, I have athleticism, which you know a lot of people, I think, in my opinion, I think overvalue athleticism. They fall in love with these guys that are six foot four and run the four, four forty and um, all of that kind of stuff. And I just think if, if you can't get open and you can't catch the ball, athleticism is so secondary to me. Uh, last year, I had Garrett Wilson way above Traylon Burks. Uh, early in the process, that was an unpopular opinion. Now, which one's the consensus top three dynasty receiver? Um, this year, JSN, Addison Flowers, I had all above QJ. People love to fall in love with the athleticism. But I, I, first and foremost, I'm looking at can you play ball? Can you get open? Can you make the catch? So um, I, I think athleticism can be a tiebreaker. 
but it's not something that I weigh as heavily as others. As long as you're not like a David Bell, you know, if, if there's like a baseline level of NFL athleticism, uh, I'm first and foremost looking at the skill things for a wide receiver. Yeah, I think the separation, you know, just putting distance between yourself and the cornerback or whoever is trying to guard you is is number one. It just seems like the the NFL is has really shifted to that type of wide receiver. And those mm-hmm. are the wide receivers that not only are dominating in the NFL and dominating fantasy football, but they're doing it relatively quickly. You know, no more of this year three breakout, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's Justin Jefferson and, and Olave and your guy, Wilson this year, you identified the, the three that are, that are the top up there, you know, JSN gets open all over the place, you know, flowers and, mm-hmm there's just so many examples of these guys being successful that it surprises me that more and more people are still, you know, clinging to guys that don't fit that description. And that's entirely what I'm looking for. And I will, I will pass on the athletic guy because I've made that mistake. Historically, I took Traylon Burks over Wilson in at least one, I think two leagues and regretted it obviously fairly quickly. I, I mean, I'm not saying Traylon Burks is a bust. I, he's had some right. unfortunate injury issues to deal with. Mm-hmm. So he's not, he's not getting any breaks there, but yeah, there, the there's no doubt. Between him and Garrett Wilson right now is, I mean, it's, it's huge. A, yeah. It's there's there's no now, way so. I'm, I'm, I'm paying top, top dollar for, for Wilson and yeah. Burks, you know, everyone's down on him. He might be a buy low guy. But, the list of top 10 guys. I mean, you're talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, Cooper. Yes. Cup. I mean, most of those guys in the top 10, if you run through it, more than half of them are not elite athletes. You know, they're just elite route runners. And so you've got a few guys in there like an A.J. Brown that are that fit kind of the freak athlete mold. But most of them, most of the highest level fantasy receivers, that's not their calling card. Yeah. Jamar Chase may, might be another one who's a little more on the athletic, yeah. you know, side, but but also you know, I think he peace proven he gets open plenty. Is there any difference when you're trying to pick out a tight end and Devi? Any difference from wide receiver? Um, not much of one because frankly, I don't care that much if they can block. Um, in fact, I almost want them to not be able to block because if you look <laughs> if you look at guys like Mark Andrews and and a lot of the the most successful fantasy tight ends they're blocking on like less than 5% of their routes uh, or not routes. Obviously if they're running a route, they're not blocking less than 5% of their snaps. They're, they're being cheating. It's called block. offensive pass interference. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, the, I, I, I weigh athleticism more heavily for tight end because they get a lot of short dump offs and yards after catch is huge for them. And if you look through the list of top guys, whether it be Kelsey Waller, Andrews, like all of these guys were high level athletes, tested high level athletes at the combine. Um, so I'm definitely looking for like an eight or higher relative athletic score when it comes to tight ends. It, it, it matters more to me there than wide receiver and the yak uh, yards after catch matters more to me at tight end than wide receiver. But for the most part, I mean, I'm looking for the same stuff. I want them to be able to run routes. I want them to be able to go up and catch the ball. I want them to have yards after catch. So uh, it, it's the same traits that I'm looking for, just maybe a little heavier emphasis on athleticism and 
but I'm, I'm looking for a guy that is primarily a receiving tight end. It, you can be a fantastic real life NFL tight end and play tons of snaps in the NFL and be asked to block on most of them. And it's just going to totally handicap your fantasy upside. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I, I agree with all that. All right. We are going to discuss the players we're watching in just a minute, but first I want to make sure you know that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line. And the entire RBB crew is drafting on Underdog daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, so week one will be starting a week after this this podcast drops it's going to drop on this friday but but there are games you know week one games as soon as the the next thursday so it's kind of good that we're going early with this who do you have that that you're paying attention to in week one yeah so when i think about week one last year and who's the guy who probably rose the most in value after week one it was anthony richardson because he was this unknown with everybody knew he had upside, but what's he going to look like? And then he came out in a big matchup and he just absolutely torched. And I was like, okay, who, who could be that guy this year? And I think it might be Joe Milton because again, relatively unknown, but all the physical tools that you want. And so is, is he going to come out the very first week and just put his name firmly on the map and put up a huge stat line. I think that's within the realm of possibility. So that's something that I'm paying attention to some other guys on Tennessee's offense. One is just which wide receiver is going to step up because uh, with, with Tillman and Hyatt both gone, there's is just a huge vacancy probably in that offense. Somebody's going to put up big number numbers and get themselves on the Debbie radar. Is it going to be the former five-star brew McCoy? Is it going to be squirrel white? Uh, there's just a lot of different possibilities in that offense. So that'll be something that I have my eye on. And then lastly, Cam Seldon is uh, just a freshman that was listed as athlete and they've now designated him as running back. And he is a freak athlete. He showed out in the spring game. So I'm curious to see how much he's going to get on the field and and how impactful he is. I could see him really um, making a statement in week one as well. Some other freshmen, Really, I'm just looking, how involved are they? A lot of these games are going to be blowouts, and so do they come in with the starters, or do they rotate in in the fourth quarter? Um, guys like Jurion Dickey, Jontae Cook, Zach Branch all have a path to starting. Do they start? How involved are they? Do any of the OSU freshmen see the field? Is Baxter going to get the start for Texas? Is Dante Moore going to get the start at quarterback? So those are just a few things that I'm going to be keeping my eye on as far as the freshmen go. Uh the big matchup that everybody's going to have their eye on LSU FSU. And there's plenty of Debbie to get to watch in that one. It's a big matchup on both sides where it's a good defense and, and it's a national stage and it could really get their name on the radar. So Malik neighbors, uh, the freshman Shelton Sampson uh, on the FSU side, you got Jordan Travis, who's a dark horse, 2024 quarterback, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman are both big, hot Debbie names. So will will either or both of them really establish themselves early? Trey Benson is the FSU running back. He's got the prototypical size. A lot of people are really excited about him. So a chance for all of those guys really to make a big statement in a big game. 
And then the last one that I'll mention here is Jaquindon Jackson of Utah. And he's a sleeper candidate. Uh, I don't usually see him taken until late in a lot of Debbie drafts. Um, most of my Debbie leagues, he's not rostered. Uh, but he's got a big opportunity here versus an SEC def- defense to put his name on the map. He's six foot two, 228 pounds. He's an athletic quarterback who converted to running back last year. And he flashed down the stretch. Um, I'm totally blanking on the name of the guy that started for them last year that got banged up towards the end of the year. Real big guy. Anyway, late in the year, Jaquindon Jackson got a chance to get on the field. And let me just read some of his stat lines. At the end of the year, he had 10 carries, 117 yards, three touchdowns versus Colorado. 13 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. And then 13 carries, 81 yards, one touchdown in their bowl game, So, which was the Rose Bowl. So he played... And he played well. He had over six yards of carry last year. And for a guy his size, just had some freakish movement ability, just really good natural instincts. So he's just learning the the position, only scratching the surface, I think, of his potential. So this is a Debbie sleeper that I'm going to have my eye on, especially in an SEC matchup in week one against Florida. I like it. That that was one of the games that I had picked out as well. That's a Sunday night game, by the way. So just for, for those of you that are looking to uh, watch that one, I I was really focused on the LSU uh, LSU FSU game. Um, Blake Neighbors, because I think he fits that bill of the wide receiver that we were just describing earlier. So I want to see more of that and really kind of pick that apart in, in for LSU. And Trey Benson for, for Florida State is one that I, I want to watch more of. I'll admit I have not really s- taken the time to see a lot of film of his, but I'm hearing a lot of people that that I respect say that they like Trey Benson. I'm hearing some people say they're they're not quite sold on him yet. So, you know, I'm gonna wanna do more analysis myself and and mm-hmm. make, you know, make form my own opinion, see what I see what I can see. Friday, um, you know, Miami plays, and I just I'm curious because it feels like they always have these decent running backs in their, in their recruiting classes. And then none of them are really doing anything. It's like, okay, are any of these guys going to end up mattering? I mean, I was, I was really high on Don Chaney jr. He's still there. Keeps getting hurt. Will he do anything? They, they got Fletcher coming in as a, as an incoming freshman. Will he be the guy? I think they've got a, a junior, maybe even a transfer starting. Is Trevante citizen still there. The, he there was, you go. Trevante he was a citizen. big name last year. I mean, I, I've got him on a couple rosters, so yeah, would love to see if he if he can do anything. I so used to really love Jalen Knight, and he's transferred to SMU now, so he's not in Miami's backfield. Yeah, anymore. exactly. So are any of these guys going to step up and look the part? On Saturday, of course, massive slate of games. Um, I'm going to be really focused on quarterbacks, you know, even though they're the toughest to, to judge. You know, how does J.J. McCarthy look now that he's the man in Michigan? Texas is playing. They've got a whole bunch of Debbie guys to watch, but Quinn Ewers, is he going to you know put together a really good game to start off his season because he needs to put a good season to, you know, make himself look better for the draft. And of course they've got, they've got running backs. I'm interested in, they've got wide receivers. You talked about, you know, John T. cook, the incoming freshman. So yeah, pretty much everybody on, on Texas, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, excuse me. Had to choke back a little of the puke in my mouth there. Got to watch Wisconsin. Um, you know, they've got a new system and a new offense. And how is that going to impact the, the players there? Of course, we know about 
you know, the, the running back, right. Um, whose name of, is going to escape me just Braylon Allen. Uh, yeah. Braylon Allen. But are they going to throw the ball more to running backs in the new system? How is that going to look? They they've got a completely revamped offense. So that is really intriguing to me. And, you know, can Allen show us that he can catch the ball and, you know, look good at it, or at least get up to that, you know, mid-level that that makes us think, okay, at least he's not a liability in the passing game. Y- USC, you know, they're kind of must-watch TV with all their talent. I mean, they're just fun. But but really, I want to I wanna see, you know, the guys that aren't the top guys that I already know about. I mean, I, I really don't need to, to break down, you know, the, the best players. But Dorian Singer at wide receiver is an example. I mean, he's eligible in 2024. And I think... This 2024 wide receiver class, you know, we mentioned Malik Neighbors. Of course, there's Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Ibuka at Ohio State. But who's gonna who's gonna you know help fill in the top of that draft at wide receiver? I mean, there's there's guys out there. I mean, Troy Franklin at Oregon, Roma Dunze at Washington, Singer, USC. So a guy I'm gonna focus on, Lad McConkey at, at Georgia is another guy that that's starting to get some buzz and and getting buzz from from the right people. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one. And then, you know, the, there's been some quarterback, you know, starting battles in camp at both Alabama and Ohio state. And how does that, how is that playing out? Did they make good choices? How do those quarterbacks look? Because of course mm-hmm. they're Debbie relevant if, from those two programs. And for are sure. they going to just do well because of the system and the team they play for and, and the talent around them? Or do we have to seriously consider them, you know, for the NFL draft? And then you, you mentioned it from an overall perspective that the freshmen, absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. And a Monday, there's a Monday game. So everyone be aware. That's not a bad one. Clemson and Duke mm-hmm. again, new system Clemson with, with Kate Klubnick. You've got the wide receivers there that are talented and then the quarterback at Duke, Riley Leonard, is another Yeah, I like that... Riley Leonard a lot. He's a yeah, dark horse exactly. for this class. And so this is probably one of – the ACC is not known for its defense, but Clemson has an excellent defense. This might be the best defense, the biggest test that Riley Leonard faces all year. And so I want to see how he does in that. That's a great call on that one. I didn't think about it. So super excited for for week one and, the, and these games and, and players. So enjoy that everyone like i said um we're doing this now because there will not be a show next week Uh, i'm getting caught in a bunch of fantasy drafts and soccer season so it's just a little bit nuts so we will be back in two weeks to do a week one review and then we will preview week two so we'll talk about what we saw and what we liked and what we didn't like and then go from there i'm Looking forward to getting into this regular cadence on the season. Mm -hmm. I know we'll be talking, so enjoy not watching just preseason football. We get real football, Matt. Let's go. All right. Let's go. (laughs) Once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. Format. I am Skip. Have an awesome couple of weeks and we will be back at you after week one. Take care, everyone.